Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and today I'm going to talk a little bit about how to start homesteading. And One of the things that has inspired me for today's episode was actually some events that happened today. Now, my best friend and I haven't seen each other for a long time. We used to work with each other, um, but I, I changed jobs. I, I went to work for a different company and um, we haven't had a chance to hang out because of the pandemic and it was really cool I got to see her it's her um, birthday this weekend and um, we just wanted to kind of you know shoot the breeze and destroy some stuff which was great because we've been renovating um, the renovations are kind of rolling to outside and we had to break down a bunch of stuff to get it into a, a dumpster so um, we had a lot of fun um, demoing some things out in our yard and one of the things that happened was that um, my dog Vault had a seizure and it was the longest four minutes of my life and whilst he was having his seizure um you know my husband and I were were, were there while um you know he was he was having it and making sure that he was safe and wasn't going to get hurt on anything um you know that was in the area whilst we had been um demoing stuff but one of the things that um came into my mind during um this episode was you know, do I really want to move and have bigger acreage and live somewhere out in the country, um, being further away from, you know, a vet or even medical care if this was something that was going on, you know, with with a, a, another family member. I mean, my dog's my family member. My, my dogs are most definitely my substitute children because I can't have children. But it, it really kind of made me think, you know, what really is um, a homestead and what does it mean to be a homesteader? And I really want to, to hear from you guys um, and definitely let me know in the Facebook group, what does it mean to you to be a homesteader? Like, do you imagine you know, acres of lush rolling hills or, you know, cattle gently mooing or the hum of bees. And I know a lot of people who identify as homesteaders, you know, you do so and you live on tiny urban lots and you're able to live a homesteader's life. So I'm kind of curious as to, you know, what what your thoughts of being a homesteader are. And this episode is all about kind of some of the things that I started to do to start homesteading because I think homesteading is so much more than you know where you live it's how you live and realizing like what your homesteading dreams are even if you're in the suburbs or an urban area which has got a lot of benefits right there's a dump nearby um, garbage gets collected you have you know running water you've got access to the amenities you've got access to you know emergency services um, you know medical care stuff like that when when it's needed um, and living further out obviously these things become a little bit more difficult so let's talk about some some things about um 
how to get you start homesteading um, because many homesteaders would definitely agree that uh, starting to live more simply without all the bells and whistles is a really great way to begin homesteading and living more simply means things like homemade gifts made from scratch meals repairing items that break whether it's your clothes or your furniture maybe it's upcycling or repurposing thrifted finds or antiques to give them a new lease of life or maybe you tore down a chicken coop to turn it into a raised bed for example or maybe you tore down a raised bed to turn into a chicken coop I don't know um, but many of these activities actually help you to build new skills um, as well as surprising your friends and family um, and saving money uh, which means that you can get out of debt and save to to be to buy a little bit um, of the countryside if that is um, what you are intending to do. Now, back in the UK, during the 70s, there was a TV series called The Good Life. And this was set in kind of the outskirts of London, in the middle of the suburbs, somewhere really posh. And um, there was a couple on there who basically, um, he quit his job and they started to homestead and live a lot more simply and live off the land of where their home was. And I'm really curious if that is your dream or if your dream is to get some acreage and have a farm. Because there's a lot that you can do even if you are in a suburban area. So let's start with some of those things. And the first one that comes to mind is starting a windowsill garden. And a small windowsill garden, maybe it's just growing um, kitchen herbs to use in your cooking, is a really great way to kind of delve into that um, homesteading kind of feel, right? You can grow herbs in, recy in recycled cans or tins. Um, you just want to dull any sharp edges um, so you don't get hurt if you're doing that. But you can get really cute little pots and things, um, you know, to, to just pop these herbs and stuff on your windowsill you know somewhere where they get a lot of sun and the great thing is that you can start using fresh herbs in your cooking and it's going to make your meals taste great and you can pick up packets of herb seeds quite inexpensively um or there's lots of like kind of kitchen herb garden kits that are available you can pick them up at the big box stores um you can even you know order them online so you know it's a good good opportunity for you to start um growing something without the hassle of having a full-blown garden one of the other things that most of us homesteaders do is to cook meals from scratch and um a little bit of planning can really help you make regular meals from scratch and using things like fresh herbs that you've grown yourself or ingredients fresh out of the garden are going to help you eat better and healthier as well as saving you some money. Um, there is lots of different recipe inspiration that's out there and one of the things that I really enjoy especially during late spring and early summer is kind of just eating out of the garden so looking at what's ripe and then trying to come up um, with meals that are going to use those fresh ingredients it's kind of fun um, and it's a good up, good way for you to kind of challenge yourself as well by eating straight from the garden next up for the urban homesteading skills is try home butchering and um 
if you get meat locally, um, you're often able to get really good prices on uh, meat that's from well cared for animals um, that's, you know, in a relatively close radius to where you live. And we had a go at home butchering and making sausages um, and we've done it a couple of times now. And it's something that the family all, you know, get stuck in and, and have a go and kind of help out. Um, so it's a really good activity, um, you know, for us to do as a whole. And you know even though I don't eat meat anymore um it's really good for for me to kind of still help because there's still really good skills for me to maintain and my family have not quite mastered the sausage tying yet so that is definitely a skill that I have um that they don't but they really like doing the home butchering and making sausages from scratch um you know it it's a really good way for them to be able to see and know exactly what is going into um their food and one of the the other things that this has kind of helped with is them being able to make better use of sales or special offers that they find um on meat at the grocery store for example you know maybe they find um i don't know some some joint of, of pork for example um that they then turn into like ground pork they mix it with some ground beef and then they've got their own um i don't know like meatloaf mix or <laughs> whatever um you know having some of those tools and understanding of different um cuts of meat and how they're best used in the kitchen has actually helped them um come up with better strategies for eating and eating better at home as well especially for when they're cooking from scratch all right, now it wouldn't be a uh, a podcast episode about um, homesteading and ways to start homesteading without talking about starting a garden, right? That's obviously one of my favorite things is the garden. And you can start growing your own fresh organic produce in your own backyard by starting a garden. And it doesn't need to be a garden in the ground. You can have a container garden. That's how my parents still grow is in containers, which is a lot easier for them now that they're getting older and they're not having to stoop down so much but growing your own fruit and vegetables is very rewarding um it's really good exercise it's delicious and obviously it's nutritious as well and you know you can try growing your own kitchen herbs you know whether it's on the windowsill or whether you're moving them outside and growing a little patch outside of just kitchen herbs or maybe it's your favorite vegetables that are in planters or pots or garden beds or even those grow bags right you can grow tomatoes in those grow bags there's so much that you can um do these days in a garden and people have gotten really inventive and obviously now we're in you know this great technological age where information is really at our fingertips and I mean I love looking on Pinterest at ways that people have grown food that's really innovative I mean I thought it was really cool just to see like strawberries growing out of a pair of old wellies right that I saw in a magazine once but now being able to see it on things like Pinterest oh my gosh like so many creative ideas have come from just looking at how other gardeners grow and how other homesteaders grow a garden too um 
I mean, there's just so much, so much that you can grow in a small area, especially if you're using these kind of intensive gardening techniques that we talked about um, previously in that mini training course that we did, um, or the mini training series, I should say. You know, there's there's a lot that we can do in there. And I know so many of you are just getting started with your first garden, And so many more of you are in the midst of growing, you know, a well-seasoned garden. Um, So I want to know from you in the Facebook group, what is it that you're planting right now? I've got cabbages that are about ready to go out. That should be uh, tomorrow's activity for me is putting some cabbages outside. Um, But what's what's growing in your garden right now? Because there's a lot that, you know, is kind of daunting for a new gardener. And one of my friends, she's getting started on her garden this year and she's very much a novice gardener and she's asking all the questions, right, of what can I grow right now? What's good to grow? How long do these things take? You know, so don't be scared to ask questions if you're a new gardener and ask your gardening friends or, you know, reach out in, you know, community support groups, right, like Facebook, um, to help find the answers that that you need to help get you started in your garden. And, you know, if you don't have a lot of space, or let's say that your backyard is is all concrete, for example, I mean, I lived in a house like that um, in my early 20s, there was just not a lot of light in there. It was kind of one of those itty bitty courtyard gardens um, in the UK with a terrace house. And I wish, I wish, like, when I was living there, I had known about um, straw bale gardening because I totally would have grown uh, vegetables in a straw bale if I'd known that that was an option. And it is for you too. Even if you've got, you know, gravel, right? All your backyard is gravel or something. You can totally grow produce in a straw bale. So keep that in mind too. All right, let's talk about preserving your surplus. Um, because if you have a garden, very often you might have an over an abundance of something. And learning how to can or pickle, ferment, bottle, um, all those things with your surplus harvest at home is kind of like a rite of passage as um, a homesteader, right? And if you can't grow your own, then why not learn how to preserve produce from the fruit stands or um, produce? produce that's maybe on special at the grocery store or the farmer's market, right? So that way you can get the biggest bang for your buck. You can use kind of food saving tools. Um, you can invest in a canner. And I, I mean, I love my canner. I've got a couple of different canners depending on the batches and what I'm trying to make. So, you know, I've got a water bath canner for things like jams and jellies or pickles, or I have my pressure canner for doing things things like, you know, meat or veggies, right? Things that are low acid. Um, You could even try your hand at dehydrating foods. Like, oh my gosh, I made some really amazing um, dehydrated apple slices just by kind of tossing them in a little bit of... um, 
cinnamon and nutmeg. Uh, there might have been a little smidge of brown sugar in there and maybe a little bit of clove. Um, but I just kind of like thinly chopped um, the the apple um, after I'd caught it and then just kind of tossed them in this kind of, um, you know, spice mixture and, you know, with a little bit of sugar in there um, and popped them in the dehydrator. And oh my gosh, my family ate them up. It was amazing. I've never seen them eat so much fruit in my life. Um, but it, it was a really great way for us to preserve um, additional apples and things that were coming out of the orchard that year so um you know have a think about what things are growing locally near you and what you might want to um turn them into if you don't want to you know um fork out the the money to invest in a canner or something then you know ask friends and family maybe they've got one that you could borrow or maybe you've got you know a friend who has one and maybe you could plan like a a canning date together or something right so you can both preserve a harvest together and both um reap some of those rewards I have a friend and um, she lives down in Texas and she was showing me all of these beautiful herbs that she had been like drying and, you know, drying naturally indoors and they looked amazing. And she was making like these cute little like drying things um, for different teas. And I'd never thought of that. I'm really ashamed to say that I'd never thought of like just growing herbs for tea. So like growing mint for mint tea, chamomile for chamomile tea or chamomile. Um, that might be how um, it's pronounced over here. Um, you know, or, or different other, you know, medicinal herbs and things for, for use um, in salves or tinctures or, or whatever it's being used. And there's so many cool things that you can do with things out of the garden. And um, I grow a lot of um, pot marigolds or calendula. And um, I've seen like these homesteaders making these really nice like salves for, for gardeners' hands, right? Because we're always in dirt, we're always outside and our hands really dry out quite a lot. So I thought, what a neat idea to be able to, uh, you know, grow your own kind of medicinal, um, you know, salves or, you know, kind of like your own little medicine cabinet. That seemed like a really cool idea. And, you know, again, you know, you don't need a lot of space to grow some of these things. You can grow them quite happily in pots and containers um, in a small space, you know, on a back patio um, or even a window box. It's just really kind of down to how creative um, you can get. And that's definitely a homesteading skill in itself is thinking outside of the box, right? Rather than looking at it from a, I don't have this perspective, look at it more from a, how can I make this happen, right? How I want to grow this, how can I make it happen? Or I really want to do this, how can I make it happen, right? Homesteaders and farmers are some of the most innovative people in the world and they make it happen and you can too. Next up in my homesteading uh, skills is making your own cleaning products. Now, this could be, you know, things like soap and salves like we talked about, or it could be, you know, DIY kind of house cleaning things, right? Which can be a lot cheaper than the commercial alternatives. There's so many 
uh, homemade cleaning product recipes that you can try. Um, I've done liquid laundry soap. Um, and I actually really liked my liquid laundry soap laundry soap i don't know what soap is um i guess i was trying to do a sean connery accent i don't know um but you know the the one of the cool things about making your own diy products is that you can customize them you can customize the scent to suit your mood or what's going on at your house right um and they're obviously free from you know additives that are in commercial um cleaning products so there's lots of really big fans of diy um cleaning things i mean i use like vinegar for a lot of stuff like water and vinegar kind of mixed together maybe i'll put a couple of drops of um essential oil or something in it anyway but i don't typically do that it's only if you know i'm doing something that you know is going to be a little bit more um uh aggressive we'll say right like um i'm going to be spraying down the shower to try and get the soap scum off there then maybe i'll put some um essential oil in it if because it's going to be sitting there for a while uh while it gets working before i start scrubbing it off um but otherwise you know you don't need to add in essential oils to to get uh the benefit of the cleaning um i also use a steam cleaner as well and i love that thing um just because it's it's obviously cheaper than buying all the the commercial cleaning products and stuff um and there's something quite satisfying about steam cleaning something thing and you kind of see the difference right of something that's like been cleaned and something that hasn't I don't know does anyone else do that I don't know maybe it's just just me um but um DIY cleaning products definitely um a a homesteader skill um I've got a friend who makes soap she makes amazing soap um that is not a skill that I have um you know put a lot of time into learning yet um but it's something that i really 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 want to do so i'm going to ask her to uh teach me how to make soap so that's going to be really fun um and obviously with making your own soaps making your own lotions kind of comes as part of that as well and homemade beauty products are a really great way to make gifts for people you know whether it's the holidays birthdays whatever you can make them all like really nicely scented, colourful. You can make them all natural, right? You know, one of the, the best presents that I ever um, gave was um, goat milk soap um, that was lavender scented that I picked up at the farmer's market. And um, it just, it reminded me so much of the soap that my grandmother had at her house right and i can picture it now like i can i can see it on on the green basin you know this this little purple soap and it smelled wonderful and it made the bathroom smell wonderful so i probably should figure out how to uh make soap and then i can recreate that experience but you know one of the the best things that i've ever received um was homemade soap a handmade soap that my friend made and it was beautiful and everybody loves the smell they loved the color it was just it was really really nice and I know how much work had gone into that and you know you can package your soaps and lotions into whatever you want right into cute little jars or containers and you know you can share them with um 
family and friends i mean everybody's kind of washing their hands so much more now which is great you know everybody's hands are drying out so much more because of all the hand sanitizer and everything so you know if you're pretty good at making um lotions and stuff i'm pretty sure that um your friends and family will actually be very grateful to receive them right now all right let's talk next about um raising chickens because this is definitely something um or livestock generally is something that people get really excited about when it comes to homesteading and backyard chickens was definitely my first venture into backyard meat production and it has been a lot of fun and we raised dual purpose breeds for eggs and meat and it's been very rewarding um and there's so many different breeds of chickens that you can raise um take some time though and find out whether you can raise livestock in your city right check that you can actually do that because i would hate for you guys to you know invest all that time and effort into getting things together that your birds are going to need to be happy and healthy only to find out that you can't keep them so um you know there's so many different um varieties you can get bigger chickens smaller chickens um you can get ones that are happier being cooped up one like different coops right you can get ones that move around the property ones that stay in one place right the the possibilities are endless but definitely take some time to do a little bit of digging and find out if they're allowed in your area another type of livestock that is often fraught with uh various red tape um in a city is bees um so if beekeeping is something that interests you again you'll want to do a little bit of research and find out if you are able to have them in your area but i would also really recommend getting involved with a local beekeeping group beekeeping is a truly fascinating hobby um, or homesteading activity and supporting bees is a wonderful thing and you will definitely find that your garden is a lot more productive too and and, um, you know you can build your beehives um, top bar beehive is a lot more cost effective than those pre-made Langstroth or box hives um, and you know there's there's some anecdotal um, research being done to see if that means that you have a, a healthier colony in a top bar beehive um, but a Langstroth is easier to harvest the honey from rather than a top bar when it's needed um, I have thoroughly enjoyed beekeeping and a strong colony of bees is going to help pollinate your fruit trees fruit bushes your vegetable crops in the garden as well as providing things like beeswax propolis and of course honey um we have a friend and he is just he's definitely gifted when it comes to beekeeping and one of the the best things um that like definitely my husband did was to spend time helping him with um hive splitting harvesting the honey and stuff and that's why i really recommend joining a local beekeeping group so you can start to understand a lot more about the bees and what's going on and um it it's a good support group as well like if issues are happening you can have somebody um often come and take a look and see what's going on um and help you through those next steps so 
beekeeping definitely a cool activity it's um obviously not without um some issues or even dangers um so you know if you are allergic to bees then you might want to reconsider uh to a different um activity on your homestead um but we always like to take the precautions um and wear the suits and and everything else that um you need to have going on there when you're handling the bees so do some research and uh spend some time around other beekeepers all right now we're going to talk a little bit about raising quail because um small birds are very popular for urban homesteaders and quail are quieter than chickens they take up a lot less space and they're prized for their eggs and their meat um quail start laying around 8 to 12 weeks old which is a lot faster than chickens guys chickens take six months before they start um being mature enough to lay eggs and quail eggs they're small but they're considered a delicacy and a real fancy dinner party wouldn't be without uh, quail eggs as an appetizer so there's a lot of great information i've seen people who keep quail in a greenhouse in a small greenhouse i've seen them who have these really kind of interesting vertical stacking um hutches that's really the only way that i can describe it but i guess they're more of a coop um they keep them in there or a converted dog crate there is so many cool ways that you could um keep quail and they're very productive in terms of laying um so if you cannot have um chickens for instance um but maybe you can have quail that might be an option for you Another option that is often open to urban homesteaders is raising rabbits, right? Rabbits are pretty prolific. Um, it's probably the only way that I can describe it, right? Um, they are a prolific meat supply if carefully managed. Um, I, I have not raised rabbits for meat. I've had a pet rabbit once in my life. Um, and now I, that I don't eat meat, there's, there's not really a lot of uh, point in me kind of personally diving into uh the rabbit hole um no pun intended um but like kind of digging in a little bit more about rabbits um because i'm i'm not kind of interested in breeding them for that but um i have seen some really interesting videos um about how easy it is to to keep rabbits and they're very quiet um in comparison to chickens um, and chickens can be pretty pretty noisy and um if chickens are not an option for you um but you are wanting a steady meat supply on your urban homestead then rabbits might be a good option for you um rabbits do provide a source of obviously meat they provide a source of manure and also pelts and if you are into leather working then you can learn to tan the hides and make them into lots of interesting items now let's talk a little bit about mending and making um, clothing is one thing that comes to mind and uh, making your clothes last longer by making repairs to 
rips or tears and breaks is something that most homesteaders do. Um, you can step it up a notch by making your own clothes from scratch. If you're um, handy with a sewing machine or even just a needle and thread, right? You can even try um, refashioning, thrifting clothing um, in, or even upcycling some sheets or linens or curtains into home furnishings or even clothes, right? I mean, if you've been a long time listener, you know that I've got a bit of a thing about vintage sewing machines and I have all sorts of different sewing machines and I use them for so many different sewing projects. I think I must be driving my husband nuts because I've got so many different sewing projects going on and one of them's quilting, uh, which is one of the other things that I wanted to talk to you about for kind of homesteading skills and starting to kind of, you know, living that sort of homesteading lifestyle, right? And a handmade quilt is truly a thing of beauty. Quilts are practical uh, as well as pretty and uh, as my granny would say they're a great way to use up odds and sods of fabric um, that are left over after your other sewing projects. So if you're pretty handy um, with sewing then quilting might be a step into the homesteading lifestyle for you. Um, also learning to knit or crochet um, whether it's hats, scarves, jumpers, sweaters, socks, blankets, toys, cardigans, the list goes on when it comes to knitting and crochet. And many people find knitting and crochet therapeutic. Um, and it was certainly something that my granny enjoyed doing. And now um, I, I crochet a lot. I've taught um, people how to crochet. Um, knitting is something that I pick up randomly. I mean, I, my grandmother was a whiz at knitting and I wish, I wish I had um, sat down so much more and learn to knit with her but I, I never had the patience when I was younger. Now I'm a bit older I definitely have um, the patience for it and I, I love that now I can sit down and watch a video on YouTube pick up my knitting needles and my yarn and I can follow along which is really helpful and of course you know Blankets, scarves, hats, right? They're all really easy projects to start with and they make great gifts as well. And the great thing about crochet or knitting is that you can make practical gifts to give away or use at home, right? Blankets, definitely useful. Hats and scarves, definitely useful. In fact, anything that you make on your homestead is gonna be useful in some way. Even terrible projects, right? I mean, the first blanket that I ever made when I crocheted was terrible, absolutely terrible. And I didn't have the heart to throw it away because I'd spent so long in making it. But you know what? It made a dang good dog bed and it still does. So there's always a use for something. And that's definitely a mindset that a lot of homesteaders have. And um, that was something that kind of struck me today as I was tearing down um, some of the stuff with my friend. So I kind of started to feel a little bit bad that I was throwing these things out because so much of being a homesteader is kind of, you know, what else can I turn this into, right? What else can I upcycle this? How else can I use this? to, you know, reduce the waste, right? And 
and keep things cycling through the homestead, right? I, I talked before about how um, my homestead's kind of, you know, its own kind of self-sufficiency, right? It, it generates, you know, the, the fertility for the soil, the soil feeds us. You know, I like things to be very... Um, you know, cyclic in, in our homestead. And that was one of the things that I loved about permaculture is, you know, reducing waste and kind of having these closed loop systems. And uh, having to throw things out was terrible, absolutely terrible. But we definitely earned a beer after we had done all the demo work, which leads me nicely into brewing your own beer, cider or wine. And that's possibly one of the more fun activities that I've done as a homesteader. Uh, and I, I would go far, so far to say as a good homemade beer or wine is an absolute joy and there's nothing quite like pulling your first glass of beer from the keg or popping the cork on your first bottle of wine and enjoying your first sip of cider it takes some time um to to make um but it's it's a lot cheaper than the ones at the store and um you know, it's a good excuse to, you know, spend time with your friends um, or your family. And the brewing circles, brewing clubs are a really great place to connect with others, like other brewers, and um, learn learning more about how to um, brew beer and also taste other people's um, brews, right? There's, there's a lot of cool things that, um, you know, go on in a brewing circle. And I, I've really enjoyed um, brewing beer. And that was kind of one of the things that my husband and I connected over when we were dating was the fact that we both brewed beer and uh, we had different styles and different ways of brewing so that was kind of cool to to learn how each other brewed and um, some of each other's recipes that we we still make to this day which is really cool uh woodworking woodworking oh my goodness um definitely a a skill that you can do um in the suburbs right and being skilled with a saw or a chisel or a hammer can help you achieve no end of homestead projects right whether you're building he beehives right or chicken coops or quail coops or rabbit hutches or a composter or garden bed or trellis or whatever right there's often extension programs available at local colleges um, or even neighbors who enjoy woodworking may be willing to, to teach you. YouTube is a great resource uh, for those of you who are, who are people shy. Um, and I would say I was one of them. Um, my husband is a great woodworker and very, very um, skilled and talented if he would only um, take the compliments sometimes. Um, but he has been able to create some truly beautiful pieces of furniture which now reside in our home. And I actually really like to watch my husband, um, you know, make things out of wood. And I like to spend more time with him doing those things. Um, so having a, a good skill with that was really, really helpful because um, certainly if something breaks at my house, he's usually got a good uh, way to go about fixing it. But you don't need to have a lot of woodworking skills to do some of these projects. Um, I am by no means um, skilled with um, tools at all, but I've been able to build um, raised bed garden boxes, um, help put together a greenhouse and so many more things 
things and it's all about building the confidence. Um, and speaking of confidence building, let's talk a little bit about baking bread. Um, baking bread from scratch is definitely um, an art form, I think. Um, it's something that you can start doing um, on your homestead, no matter where you live. Um, and, you know, it's a lot cheaper than buying it in the store. Um, the, if you're super frugal, then definitely consider making sourdough from scratch and making your own sourdough starter. Um, they're definitely a, a fun thing to to do it's a fun project right whether you've got kids or not there's oh my gosh I can't even tell you how many people have um told me that during um the pandemic they learned to make bread and they learned to make their own sourdough starter and their own sourdough bread and now they won't they'll never go back to grocery store bread again now don't give up when it comes to bread making and I have made some truly truly terrible loaves of bread in my time like I made one that was so bad I, like I couldn't put a dent in it with a cast iron pan um I've made another one that was so bad like the chickens wouldn't even eat it like you know Chris Chris my husband was giving me um a, a good amount of um ribbing about that one that you know the they probably were going to break their beaks on it it was that terrible um they make the joke in my house House that when I'm making bread it is going to end up as battle bread right you could throw it at somebody and cause injury um and uh, it's um you know definitely something that I have had to practice a lot at and I have gotten better and better each time that I have made it now granted um you know when I make bread my family have got this kind of really interesting horrified look on their face like they're they're very apprehensive to to try it um but the last few times that I've made bread they have been pleasantly surprised and that was worth it <laughs> just to see them being oh this was really really this was a lot better than I was expecting and uh so my top tip there is bread baking fails do happen but persevere keep baking and you will get better with practice all right lastly is eating local that is one of the things that we can do to start homesteading um you know right where we are right now and food from local farmers whether it's the farmer's market or um you're part of a csa a community a community supported agriculture scheme can't get my words out um you know these are a great option if you can't grow your own many local farmers and growers have things like eggs or meat milk and honey um as well as fresh produce so they're definitely worth checking out you can also visit local fruit stands um or pick your own farms and then learn to get creative in your cooking um or preserving of them to make the most from your harvest and I really think that homesteading is what you make out of it um, and whether it is being super frugal or eco-friendly um, for others it might be about having fresh organic and nutritious food that didn't come from a grocery store whatever your thoughts are for a perfect homestead there's so much that you can practice and try right now even if you're in a sky high apartment complex or if you have a home in the suburbs 
suburb. So let me know what's your favourite way to start homesteading in the Facebook group and let me know what does homesteading or being a homesteader mean to you. Until next time, I hope your garden grows beautifully and I'll see you all next week.